Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're in in Romans chapter 4, and we're talking about faith, and we're specifically talking about um, the God kind of faith, but we're specifically talking about what I would call, what we're calling heart faith, because there's head faith versus heart faith. And previously, we discussed quite a few things, and we're not going to be able to review all those. There are actually seven messages uh, that were given prior to uh, the one we're going to share today. And uh, we don't have time to review all that, obviously. But you can always go back to the website and go under the sermons tab, and it's faithfamilybillings.com. And then just listen through those, and it builds one upon another. Just the importance of understanding faith and what it is. You know, the scripture says that it is impossible. It's not hard, but it's actually impossible to please God without faith. The scripture also says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God, right? So faith is a very important thing. There's a specific passage. You can stay in Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to be in verse uh, 19 here in just a second. But there's a particular scripture in Matthew 17 verse 20 where Jesus is speaking, and it says he said to them, because of your unbelief. They were dealing with a situation with a a person who had some demonic uh, activity and influence in their life, and they were wondering why they had gotten this person set free where previously they had gotten uh, people set free uh, with these issues with using the name of Jesus. But it says this, Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Uh, Another translation, the Passion Translation says it this way, He says this, if you have faith inside of you no bigger than the size of a small mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move away from here and go over there and you will see it move. And then it says this, there is nothing you couldn't do. Now that'd be something if it was just somebody making up words You know, like that. I mean, that sounds like something really great. But we got to remember this. Who said this? Jesus said this, right? So there is the potential within your relationship with the Lord. Oh, I feel the utterance of the Holy Ghost. There, listen to me closely. There is potential in your relationship with the Lord, in your born again spirit to have the, there is the potential of having nothing impossible in your life. Jesus said that. I didn't say that. Man, I'm so glad I don't have to back that up. I do not have to prove that. This word, I don't have to prove. It is proven. It is proven by the Lord. And he said, there is, I've placed, there is such a potential, a place in God where you actually can face anything you're facing with such confidence that you can look at the mountain in your life and go, there's nothing impossible in this situation. It does not exist. And and you're not standing on your ability. You're not standing on your own opinion. This isn't just some sort of personal, natural self-confidence, but a reality of the fact that you're standing in the confidence of Christ. This is amazing. 
This is absolutely amazing that the Lord would say to us, say this to us. Other translations concerning that specific phrase say this, nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be beyond your power. Nothing is higher or stronger than you or who you are in Christ when you're in faith. Nothing is higher or stronger than you are in Christ and in faith. Do you know you can actually be in Christ and not be in faith? It's unfortunate, but it's true. And everybody here has done it. I've done it more than once. But this is what I love about our, about the uh, eternal truths of the scripture that the sanctification of Christ and in Christ and in the spirit are settled forever that never moves on me now whether I choose to engage it or not can move on me because it's on me but his side Jesus side is done perfectly and that's the beauty of grace and thank God we're not under law can you imagine? We all come in here, we're under law, and I got to slaughter everything you bring to me and put it on some altar? No, thank you. I think I'd choose a different profession. You know, I'd have Mike at back door going, well, this lamb ain't quite good enough. And <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't want, Jesus paid it all. There are no more need for sacrifices, blood sacrifices, none of that. It's done. So in that place of understanding that, you actually have nothing in your life that is impossible with Christ living in you and him working through you. Nothing. That's what he said. Now, how does that operate? I have to choose to what? I have to choose to engage that truth, believe that truth, let it renew my thinking, and then when I come up against a problem, I have an opportunity. I can either believe what Jesus said or I can believe my circumstances. Amen? I can either believe one or the other. Okay, so we saw uh, in verse 18 last week where, where Abraham put his hope. And I want to go to verse 19. And we're going to kind of just jump right into the middle of this verse, but I'm going to read it in the New King James, and then I'm going to read it in the uh, Amplified, and we're going to break it down. And we're, I think we'll get through verse uh, 20, maybe 21. We'll see what happens here. It depends on how fast you listen. <laughs> Some people think I'm just being arrogant when I say that, and I'm not. Here's the thing about the Lord. He's very this way. Actually, I, only have a, I can only say what he gives me. Now, I, don't, I cannot tell you exactly how this works because I've never seen it necessarily in the Spirit. I know scriptures about it. But there is a, a flow of utterance that comes through any minister that stands up here. Okay? If you're called to ministry at some level, like, I mean, a flow of utterance is available to every disciple. But I'm talking about like a five-fold ministry gift. There is a pocket or a place in the river of the Spirit where those ministers can stand and the words of God are flowing through them as they are teaching. How many have ever been in a service here and some word came through a minister and you went, Ho, oh, that's it. That, let me help you something. All the ministers, I don't think we should disrespect them, but realize this, we're all donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> you say, what do you mean by that? Listen, you can, this is, this is how good God is. You can be a prophet riding your donkey and your donkey will prophesy to you when you're out of place. 
In other words, the, the place of importance isn't on the flesh, it's in the spirit. So if you dishonor the office, you actually shut off the gift from being able to speak in your life. Watch. If you dishonor those in the body of Christ around you, you have now stopped a flow that is potentially available to you in the spirit. So it's serious in other words. So when we look at this scripture, we got to be in faith about it, but this is one of the best descriptions of active heart faith that you can find in the scripture concerning Abraham and Sarah. So verse 19 says this, and not being weak in faith. So that means you could possibly be what? You possibly could, but Abraham was not. So let's look at what he did continue to and see how we can have strong faith. It says this, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. How many know 100 years old is pretty close to dead? And the deadness of Sarah's womb. People don't want to think about that, but it's true nonetheless. The, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Let me read this to you in the Amplified. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead, because he was about a hundred years old. I love the Bible. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. Now let's look at a few truths here. We see here that heart faith is not a denial of the natural circumstances. Did Abraham and Sarah acknowledge the fact that they couldn't have kids? I'm talking about on their own. Did they understand that about themselves? Okay, so they understood something in the natural, correct? So let me read this to you again. We see here that heart faith is not denial of what the natural circumstances are, but rather a choosing to focus on God's promise and power instead of the circumstances. So rather than me focusing on what isn't, I need to focus on what God said. Come on, this is heart faith. Somebody got it there. Rather than me focusing on what isn't, I focus on what? God's promise. The thing that can change. Now watch, if I choose to focus on the promise, what does my faith then do? It strengthens, right? The New King James Version, can you put that back up? Uh, take the Amplified down, put the New King James Version back up there. Okay, the Amplified says he did not weaken in faith. Look at this, not being what? Weak in faith. He did not consider. What is Abraham focusing on? He's focusing on the promise in the Lord, right? He's, or we, let's use the Bible word there. He what? He's considering God. Not considering physical weakness. Do you see that? Now, sometimes people think, is it really that important? Well, in your own life, think about this, in your own life, 
what has taken place in your life, in the natural and in your emotion and, and, and just the makeup of you as a person when you have focused or considered the wrong thing? What has taken place? Now, we can have testimonies on this, but they would not be faith-filled. They would be depressing, so we're not going to do that. But just naturally think, how has you focusing on the problem ever brought a solution? This is just another way to say it, right? How has me focusing on the fact that I have something wrong in my life and me just looking at it, thinking about it, focusing, talking about it, and declaring out of my mouth, I just don't know how this is going to change. I just don't know how this situation could be any different. I just don't know how we're going to get out of this. And then you start a support group of how you don't know how you're going to get out of it. <laughs> it is true. There are whole support groups developed around problems, but not for the purpose of overcoming them, but rather for the purpose of engaging them. And, and basically, it becomes an issue of this is my new reality. Well, I've got good news. Jesus has a different reality for you. And if you will engage his way if you will consider his way and individually and then find you a faith group we got lots of faith group around here we got lots of faith family around here find you people that when you're going through something difficult they'll look at you and go yeah but the lord is going to bring you through because he is faithful let's consider the promise together you know, if you, mostly not for guys, but sometimes for guys, I guess, but mostly for girls. If you got to get a box of Kleenex and you got to cry a little bit, but don't stay there, you can go ahead and consider and go, yeah, this situation is barren, but the Lord said, my name is no longer Abram, it's now Abraham. The Lord said the promise to me is not that I am barren and childless. I am now a fruitful nation. Who I felt that one go all the way through me. I, that helped me a bunch. I am no longer, come on, we sing the songs. I'm no longer a slave to fear. And then we'll talk all week about how afraid we are. <laughs> Don't you know how bad it's getting? Glory to God. Don't you know how bad it's getting? Glory to God. See, it doesn't even make sense in people's minds. But I'm actually quoting scripture. I just didn't say, here's the chapter and verse. My brethren, whenever you fall into various trials, go ahead and count it all joy. Well, I've been in bondage in this thing for years. Yeah, but he who the Son has set free is free indeed. Well, you just quote those things. You just quote those things. Now, you got to watch this. Who are you mad at? If the Bible says one thing about my situation, and I despise that word. Now, it's easy. You can throw rocks at me. I get it. I'm okay, you know, that's, that's given. Stephen preached and they stoned him to death. And it wasn't that they were mad at Stephen, it's that they hated God. 
So if I'm upset about what the promise says, why? I'm considering something incorrectly. See, Abraham had all the feelings we do. Abraham had all the circumstance we do. You know, Abraham, it says, and this is before Isaac was born. Do you know he was a very rich man? Did you know that he was a very rich man and he had a lot of slaves and servants? We might call them employees. I don't think it was slavery like what we have built in our mind on some things. But people that were, it, we would probably more call it employer-employee relationships. He had a lot of people working under him. Not to mention Lot's crew as well. And one day he had to bring them all together and say, Hey guys, my name is no longer Abram. It is Abraham. And all of them went, what? What did he say? Because see, we wouldn't think anything of that. Because we just, we just have names. They had names with meaning. Actually, our names have meaning too. But you understand what I'm saying. We just don't think that way. But culturally at that time, that, that name meant something. And so they knew it meant father of many nations. And so you guys can no longer call me Mr. Abram. It is now Mr. Abraham. So Abram was so smart that he not only confessed it, but he had everybody else confess it too. But there are always those in a group of people and there always will be, who will hear faith and go, oh, come on. That doesn't work. Read Hebrews chapter 11 and tell those people it doesn't work. How many people here have been healed physically by the Lord? Does it work? And I will say this, if faith doesn't work, then you're not saved. You're not born again. Because you're saved by grace through. So what does what strong faith do? It considers the promise. Nothing can stop your and my faith but us. I can stand up and declare victory in my life in spite of how I feel and what the natural is telling me. Jesus did this all the time in his earthly, earthly ministry. Bible faith is not moved by circumstantial evidence. That's what we can learn from this verse. Bible faith is not moved by circumstantial evidence. Bible faith or heart faith is moved by the promise. We are declaring victory based on the revealed will of God, his written word for our life. We're declaring victory. Lord, I declare victory because you said in your word that by your stripes I was healed. Now, Abraham learned to do that while there was no child. Come on. He learned to do that and said that while there was still deadness in his body and in Sarai's body or Sarah's body. What did he do? He spoke forth what? 
the promise, right? All right, verse 20, and we'll end here. Romans 4, verse 20 says this. Talking about Abraham, he did not what? Waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So we see in the last verse a, a phrase about weakening, weakening faith or what could cause that. And then we see something here about strengthening faith or strengthened faith, faith and what causes that. In the Amplified, it says this, no unbelief or distrust made him waver, watch this, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to who? To the Lord. So what does this mean? So if I'm going to have strong faith, I'm going to have to avoid staggering. I'm going to have to avoid wavering. That first phrase in, 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 the, in the verse, it says, No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. The word waver or stagger means to be divided in one's mind. It means to hesitate or to doubt. Do you know the first few letters of doubt are D-O-U-B, right? What else starts with D-O-U-B? Double. A double-minded person is what? Unstable in all their ways. In other words, another word for that would be they stagger back and forth. I love the commentary by, um, oh, it's slipping my mind right now who it is. But anyway, there's a particular com commentary that I have that uh, comments on that verse, a double-minded man in James. They're unstable in all their ways. It, the, the commentary says this, the person who's trying to, or the double-minded person staggers at the promise of God like a drunk man. How many have ever watched a drunk man or woman try to walk? How many have ever seen those videos where it's a straight road there's no elevation, and the drunk person is walking like this. Like somebody's got a hold of them, and they're pulling them over. They're, they're tipping them. What are they doing? They're what? They're staggering. Watch. When I, as a believer, start to tip away from the promise, I begin to what? Stagger at the promise. Well, the Lord said in his word that I was, that my situation, my, my need for provision for my family would be here, but yet the paycheck, the bills, the government, the inflation, the says this, and you know you're staggering. I know I'm staggering when I start declaring not the promise, the problem. And now I'm what? I'm staggering at the promise through what? Unbelief. Do you see that? See, most people's faith, including in the church to a large degree, is based on their circumstances. How's your marriage? It's good. Why? Well, everything's going good. 
So what if it gets hard? Then what are you going to say? Now, I'm not saying you don't, if there's something there, you don't acknowledge it. What I'm saying is, is you can't build stability on circumstances. Believers only build stability on the written word of God. Come on, the storms are coming one way or another. You can either be on the sand or you can be on the rock. The storms are coming one way. And people say, oh, no, don't say that. That's negative. That's negative. That's not positive. Okay, I'll be positive. I'm positive a storm's coming. <laughs> Sorry, you're not in heaven yet. I'm not in heaven yet. But if I have a promise in the midst of a storm, then I have a firm foundation. And it's not delusion, it's faith. Now, sometimes people say, well, yeah, but I've stood on promises and they haven't come to pass. Whose fault is that? So last time I checked, the Lord declared about himself. And this, this digs me as much as it digs anybody, okay? Because I have to live in this world too, right? I have to live in the place where I have to look at this and decide if I'm going to humble myself or exalt myself above what he said. But last time I checked, the, the Lord declared about himself, and it is true. He is a God who does not lie, and he does not change. Now, it's okay for me to go to the Lord in tones of questioning in the sense of, Lord, why is this not working the way that it should? It's not okay for me to go to the Lord and go, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Why? 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 And you know when we do that? We actually create a barrier in the spirit to hear why. We actually hinder the process of being able to hear. Why? Because I'm not in faith. I'm in complaining. Come on, how many have read about the children of Israel? You remember those guys? Do you ever read through it and go, man, they're dinks? <laughs> Guess who else is in the club? What was the thing that changed from one generation to another? They stopped questioning God and they started obeying. Oh, Jesus, I know. I'd love to be able to lay hands on everybody and it would just all go away and you'd grow up and I'd grow up. I mean, I'd be having you lay hands on me right now. But you know what I figured out about the Lord? There are times where he'll minister those ways, but then there's other times where he'll give us a word and we get to walk it out. We get to walk it out by faith and it is a faith fight. And you don't feel like it, but boy, in the middle of that, if you'll rise up, grab your flesh and your mind by the spirit man and the resurrection on the inside of you and the power of the Holy Spirit, rise up in the middle of that and say, no, in the name of Jesus, I'm moving forward. I will not function immaturely. I will not function as the world functions. I'm growing spiritually. And in the name of Jesus, what the Lord has said to me, that I would be fruitful, that I would be a father of many nations, that I would be a mother of many nations, that the promises of God are coming to pass in my life. He said it. I said it. I don't care what the circumstances say. And I praise you, Lord, because you're working in my life. What does that do? That is an operation of strong faith. I'm not divided. The Lord has said, this is who I am. That's who I am. 
Well, I just got done being impatient and chewing my kids out and, you know, kicking the dog. Because I don't want you to kick your kids. I mean, I don't want you to kick the dog either, but that's lower on the, peop- on the pole of, you know, importance. I know some of you have dogs that are your kids, but it's not saying much about you if you claim your dog is a kid. I'll let you think about that and you can deal with it later. <laughs> that was for all the people on the internet. So good thing we don't hand out, hand out rocks when people are coming in, you know. I didn't like that preacher. <laughs> if you've done something that is outside of the promise and the word of the Lord over you, what do, you, what do I need to do? What do we need to do? We need to say, Lord, I, that was wrong. I missed the mark. That wasn't me. That's not what you've created me to be. Now, what I mean by that is I don't have a split personality. That's not what you've created me to be, Lord. My unrenewed mind and my flesh got in there, and man, I yielded to the wrong thing in that area. I know better than that. I thank you for your forgiveness. I confess that was wrong. He cleanses us. Then I go to the person that I offended, if it's something specific, and I say, look, that was stupid. Forgive me. And that's it. Not, but... You don't know how much pressure I'm under. Whew. I could go a whole nother hour right there. I'm not going to. Not, I'm sorry, but you know, Mike, you did this to me. None of that. I said, none of that. Because we're growing up in Christ. And we go, yeah, that one hurt but I forgive him. Yep, that was dumb on my part. I'm sorry. No excuse. Moving on. Amen? But when I do that, what am I doing? I'm engaging in a promise. Ooh, there's such peace here if we'll grow. Like we could have, you know, Chinese weather balloons flying over us 24-7 and none of us would build bunkers. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, it's going to be digital world currency. Okay. El Shaddai still is on the throne. Jehovah Jireh is still my God. Well, it can, they're going to come up. They've already come up with the next pandemic. They've already done it. They're not coming up with it. It's already done. And in the midst of it, we can go, Oh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. To live is Christ. To die is gain. In other words, what? I mean, we need to quit saying we lost a loved one and start saying they gained and I'm headed their way. When my dad passed away in uh, a while ago, I was mildly disappointed. I was really disappointed. 
Because I wanted him to be a part of all of this. We had just started the church. And I wanted him to be a part of all of this, you know. But you know what? He's not shedding a tear. So I learned to rejoice with his place. And, and, and I put that, that verse on my phone. The, the, I don't know how many phones ago that was. But anyway, I put it on the screen. To live is Christ. Gain. They gained. He gained. And I, and I would rejoice in that. You know, you say, what do you mean? Well, there are times I'd shed a tear and be like, yeah, you know, in the natural, that phileo love. You go, man, I miss them. But in the agape, I go, devil, you already lost. It doesn't matter. Ha, ha, ha on ya. you. You're, you're some fool, devil. You think this is over. Because that person, that body is coming back. And you're going to look at him and go, no, I thought I got a hold of them with some disease or ended this, this purpose for God. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. We are eternal you may kill something physical, but you cannot touch me because I've already passed from death unto life. I'm talking about me on the inside. You cannot. Now, if you're facing something and it's, it's saying, hey, I'm going to, it's a lie. It's an attack of the enemy. It's saying, hey, I'm going to take you out. In the midst of that, you need to be strengthened in your faith. How do you do that? You consider the promise. And you praise God for his answer and his promise. And you are strengthened in faith and you keep weak faith out. And the power of the Lord is working in each and every one of us 24-7. Amen? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? Joy, go ahead. I want to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus this morning if you haven't. Or if you need to rededicate your life to him. The scripture says this. It says that the Lord, and it says this in Ecclesiastes 3.11, that the Lord has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. And so every person has a sense of eternity. The scripture says in John 3.16 that God loves us and doesn't want us to perish. The scripture says also in Romans 3.23 that all people have sinned and that sin is the thing that separates us from God. The scripture also says in Romans 6.23 that heaven is a free gift and you can't earn it or deserve it. The scriptures say in Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, that God wanted us back into relationship with him. In fact, he did so much, he sent Jesus to die for our sins. The scriptures say in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that we can receive God's gift, free gift of forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ. So if, that's one, if that uh, speaks to you this morning, whether you're in the room or whether you're watching online, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Christ. And this is very simple. I'm not going to have you necessarily come up right now. But I just want you to raise your hand where you're at. And I want to pray with you to receive Christ. If you'd like to do that, please just raise your hand where you're at. And is there anybody online, Josh? Okay, thank you. You'd like to receive Christ. Maybe everybody is born again in here this morning. I don't know. I always give an altar call, though, because we inevitably have somebody respond. I don't see any hands, so we're good there. But I just let's pray this morning, all right, guys? I want to declare this, this over you. You can go ahead and lift your heads and, and, and look at me. We want, to, we want to declare. I just want to declare some things over you as you go. You know, we have service Wednesday night, so you can come back for that. Don't forget about youth group tonight. But I want to declare this. Guys, we have the ability in Christ to win. We do. This, the circumstances that you're in right now, the things you're facing, rejoice in the Lord. Learn to rejoice in the Lord. 
And as you do, you will see that he will operate in your circumstances. Faith is a reality. Faith is real. And God is moving. Now, how many think that the enemy just wants you to walk in this level of faith? That he just loves you. He just loves that you discovered victory over him. He does not. Right? He doesn't at all. So let's declare. Let's believe God. Just agree with me in your hearts. Father, we thank you that we do. We have victory in you. That your word is truth. It's life. It's health. It's medicine. It's strength. Your words are more real than any circumstance we face. So we agree together, Lord, in, in concerning our lives and concerning the things that we're walking through. Lord, your word, that your promises are victorious over all our circumstances. And so we don't stagger at them in unbelief. We consider your word. We don't focus on the circumstances. We focus on your promise. And Lord, we give you praise and glory and honor. And we say thank you that you're working in our lives, that you're working in our families, that you're working in our individual thinking. You're transforming us. We thank you that you're working in our finances, in our minds, in our emotions, in our physical bodies. We thank you that your truth is operating in our lives and that as we continue to walk by faith we are going to have more testimonies about your goodness and your faithfulness than we have time to share and we thank you for it in Jesus mighty name amen thank you for taking the time to listen today if you would like more information about faith family church including service times and location visit faithfamilybillings.com 